Hi all, this is Logar the Barbarian, and I've got something special for you today on Wobblies and Wizards Zine Thursday. Three, not one, not two, but three different zines. I'm going to have to start doing them a lot, a lot more often, a lot more, in order to get through all the zines I've been trying to go through and get through, so... We're going to try three today, and the first I'm starting with, I believe I got this from Exalted Funeral. It is called A Simple Dungeon by Micah Anderson. Now, A Simple Dungeon is small. It's about the size of a quarter sheet of paper, so it's much smaller than normal. There's um, maybe a dozen pages in here, and it is not full of a lot of information. It is, however, a very beautiful little print. The cover illustration is neat with all kinds of little skulls and dead fellers on the front. A Simple Dungeon, Micah Anderson. It is for the Bastards system, which can be found at micah-anderson.itch.io. Bastards. The way this is done is a little different than other adventures. It gives you basic bare bones for a dungeon. It's laid out very pretty. And very minimalist. It gives you a sort of a little hex crawl that's coded for some ideas in there. So you can kind of hex around the area until you actually reach the simple dungeon. It gives you some information on the dungeon itself and what you're going to run into in the different rooms and in the different hexes. Now, when I look at this, it's a good enough structure to run an adventure off of. But also... It does not have an excessive amount of information on all the different hexes or dungeon rooms. If it were me running this, I would look at expanding what they have with some other zines and different charts, random charts and things like that. The center of the zine, the door rears up from the granite hills like a scar in the earth. And that's all that's printed on the two pages, but it's laid out and set up very beautifully. I like the aesthetic of it. Essentially, it's red and yellow printing. Red, yellow, and black for the text. The sketches in there are really good. and They go well with the aesthetic and the look to it all. Overall, I enjoyed it. I like it. I've not gotten a chance to run it. I would say that if you're looking for something that's chock full of all kinds of information and tables and everything else, this is not it. But for what it is, if you like your zines and you like them to be aesthetically pleasing and well-printed and done neat, it's it's worth picking up. It definitely can give you an adventure to run off of. You could probably run quite a few days off of this if you're expanding it with other zines. Now, I'm going to move on to the second zine that I want to talk about today. The Temple of the Blood Moth by Z Jacob Butcher. I know that you can download this off of DriveThruRPG digitally. The copy here, I believe I bought off of a website. It was a part of a Kickstarter. I think it may have been the first Kickstarter, but I'm not sure. It's taken me a while to get to this. It was printed in 2019, a Braxis Press, printed and published by the Oberlin Comics Collective and a Braxis Press by Jacob Butcher, edited by Skirples. The Temple of the Blood Moth is like a 24-page module, essentially. It's very... Uh, okay, I'm going to say straight up, the strength of this 
is that it's very unique and a little weird and gross. If you want to run a first through third level party through this dungeon and this adventure, they're probably going to end up dead if they try to start fighting things. <laughs> and think any party would want to avoid combat in this dungeon from what I've seen. It's filled with horrible larvae and things like that that come after you, and they are big, giant, and powerful. The whole idea behind this is that there's some strange, evil cults trying to bring about um, this blood moth sort of deity thing to destroy the world, and, uh, and, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and it does nasty things. And throughout the different rooms and stuff like that you will explore in here, there's all kinds of incubation of eggs and larvae and nasty, bloody things. It reminds me a little bit of Alien or something along those lines. There is weird experiments going on, creating horrifying mutants throughout it. There are plenty of NPCs and new monsters for you to throw into this that go along well with it. There are plenty of factions. There's blood clerics and zealots and high priests. This thing is ripe for role-playing. I think it would be a great adventure or module to run. In fact, I plan on running it when I get to my one of my either Osric or Storage and Wizardry games here in the next year or two. This will probably be one of the ones I'm going to run for a little bit. It definitely is a breath of fresh air compared to a lot of dungeons that I read and that it does do very new and unique things with it. And it gives you enough to really kind of play around with. And the role-playing potential for it is pretty high, I believe. At the back, you have mutation tables for the mutants that you're going to be running into. Your legs slowly fuse together into a large caterpillar abdomen, leaving you sort of like a horrible grub senator. Arms grow stinging spines all over as larva spines. So they're trying to fuse the larvae and the blood moths with people and angels and all this stuff. So you, are they, are they, I, I, I'm a little uncertain if the angels were the mutations or they're actual angels. I'd have to go back over it to tell you 100%, but there's a lot in here. It's big enough that it could take you a while to get through. There's a temple, and beneath the temple itself, you're going to find all the different horrible things that the cultists and, I guess, mad scientist-type uh, magic users and everybody are trying to create with these blood moths to bring about and bring this giant blood moth. Kind of the, the whole idea of bringing a great old one into our world or something like that. Now, as I go through this, there's also, towards the end, we have a, a whole bunch of bizarre and interesting magic items, treasures, and spells and stuff like that that go along well with the unique flavor, flair, and theme of this zine. It's printed on this nice red cardstock. It's all black and white print throughout, white pages. They're pretty nice and sturdy. I'm a fan of it. I strongly suggest if you can get a physical copy. I know that I purchased mine after the Kickstarter directly from a website, but I had a hard time finding that website. Again, it was not the blog that I found from the creator. So if I can find a place to purchase the physical copy, I will make sure I note that in the show notes. At the very least, I will attach the drive through RPG link to pick up the PDF for this adventure. Now... 
It's time for our third zine today, because I said we're going to go through three zines today. Take going through these a little quicker. Honestly, a simple dungeon, I don't feel I could talk about for 15 minutes. That's why I put it in this one. The Temple of the Blood Moth, I probably could. But this next one, I'm not sure if I could spend a whole 15 minutes on. But I can definitely spend the rest of this episode talking about it. And I think it's a cool one. And I'll tell you why you should pick it up or who should pick it up. The name of the zine is A State of Being. A State of Being replaces alignment systems with worldview, suggesting points of view rather than offering moral compasses. Background supports... This by uniting parties, developing interesting rumors about characters, and aiding in development of dynamic character concepts. So, the beginning of this zine, A State of Being, which is words and design by C. Scott Smallwood, artwork by Michelle Smallwood, published by Creative Spheres Studio. The beginning of this has worldviews instead of alignments. And there's ten of, I believe nine or ten of this. There's the absolutist, the anarchist, the augur, the cynic, the hedonist, the relativist, the skeptic, the stoic, and the unaligned. And then it encourages you to create your own worldviews. And it kind of gives you a little bit of how to do that and how to approach it. I appreciate the worldviews as I often read alignments and think that they're kind of out of whack with reality and actual worldviews that people hold. And this is a little closer in line. It gives you an opportunity to explore and even create some other worldviews that people do hold. Adds kind of that extra element of realism to what people actually adhere to. I'm going to read my favorite, The Anarchist. Anarchist characters reject authority and involuntary hierarchy. Instead, they emphasize laws and organizations that benefit local communities and individuals equally even if they are far outside their society's norms. A poor life exploits the individual in favor of the powerful or rich. Anarchists follow any life path. So that's just the, the world views. This goes on to give you a lot more that you could use at your table. It gives you this whole system, or I say system vaguely, but of creating uh, backgrounds. Instead of just writing out an idea or a story, it gives you a few elements like your bonds, bonds to each other's characters and others, rumors, uh, things that people think about you as your character, concepts, it goes into classes, factions, self-concept, items that define the character. What you really have here, if you're going to create character backgrounds, I feel that this is kind of an ideal way to approach that. And that it creates something that's usable in game, not like a big giant story to explain. My parents were killed and I was enslaved and I'm seeking revenge. It's not that kind of thing. It gives you something that you can really use in exploring who the character is. Understanding the character's worldview and how they relate with the world around them. This is great stuff for a session zero, if you're rolling up your characters, for really almost any system you're playing. You create your bond, there's a random chart for the worldview, bonds, and other connections, rumors, there's all kinds of random charts there to do it randomly if you'd like, and then kind of piece it together. But I think that it might, honestly, I think most of my players would prefer to choose as opposed to roll. 
They also have all kinds of cursed items, special items and things to add to this and working on your character creation as well. A few other questions about dogs and wolves. There's a table of what is in your heart? I am a student, a rock, worm, a lover, a nonconformist. So what is in your heart truly? Who is this character? As background type stuff comes and character creation comes, I think this is a really solid zine if you follow through this during your character creation process to give you some really good stuff to work with and play with and create great role-playing experiences and characters. A lot more than just coming up with some random story, it gives you character information and ways to think about your characters to understand who they are as people. I appreciate the zine, A State of Being. I suggest it. I suggest it for your session zeros. Might try it next time I, I run a game from the start. That's all I've got today. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed it, leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there, honestly, so you might get a response if you post something on our page. We're at wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. And as always, keep those dice rolling. <laughs>